Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From Real Ghost Stories Online.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. Group therapy for the paranormally affected. That's what we are all about here at Real Ghost Stories Online. The phone number to call in, 855-853-4802 with your real ghost story. We'd love to... Hear from me. You call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Got plenty of time to leave your ghost story there for us. Uh, Call in at your leisure and uh, share it with us, and uh, we'll share it on a future episode. And uh, we'll weigh in on it and uh, our little uh, community that we've been growing here will probably also weigh in on it. So it's a great way to uh, to get some uh, some information out there to you. Uh, you don't have to leave your name or anything like that if you just want to uh, to get some feedback, some insight. Because there's a lot of folks out there going through some rough stuff that's completely unexplained. And a lot of folks are going to look at you like you're completely crazy if you just bring it up with the barista at Starbucks. Uh, they may not... Uh, like you want any, but, but do you still want the biscotti? <laughs> I mean, you got D... Now, uh, do you want an extra shot in that? Okay. So uh, you just call into the show and uh, we'll, uh, we'll take it from there. Uh, or you can always write into us as well on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. Uh, also, want to remind you, up on the website, uh, we got the new forum that is up there. Lots of folks uh, starting to chatter away on that. There's some uh, folks up there asking some questions. Uh, an imaginary friend topic has been posted, and we'll actually read that one off here on the air today. Uh, some other conversation is, uh, well, Civil War, uh, some folks asking about deja vu things. It's a forum. You can uh, actually post to it completely anonymously. So if Facebook isn't your thing, but you want to uh, you know, have a little bit of discussion with some other folks uh, of uh, like minds, you can do it on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Also, uh, we're asking if, uh, if you so much like the show and you want to support the show, uh, do so. Press subscribe uh, through the, uh, the PayPal button up on there on our website. You decide what it's worth to you on a monthly basis. Five bucks, ten bucks, fifteen bucks. That's, uh, that's your call. But uh, if you uh, subscribe for about five bucks a month, we would gladly uh, accept and greatly appreciate that. And I'm thinking, too, as, uh, as we start getting folks doing that and, and subscribing through the PayPal button, there will probably be some extras that you guys will start getting uh, as well uh, for, for showing support that way. Um, as to what those extras are, I don't know yet. Maybe some bonus episodes, maybe some uh, bonus uh, interview materials when we do uh, uh, you know, interviews like extended or uncut interviews, things of that nature. Um, so there will be some, uh, some positives there. And uh, also, you having the feeling deep down in your heart, that warm feeling, that fuzzy feeling, that cuddly feeling at night when you go to bed, knowing that you are supporting Real Ghost Stories Online with your $5 a month. It's cuddly. It's a cuddly feeling. Well, isn't I, it a cuddly feeling? I think so, because we're starting to see how we are actually able to help people. Yeah. You know, it's a cuddly feeling. Yeah. 
It's not like pins and needles or no. or a slithery or a snake-like feeling. It's no. a cuddly feeling. It's turned so. from just reading ghost stories yeah. to being a source for people. So trust me, you'll love the cuddly feeling. And it also, it makes you feel warm all over, too. <laughs> okay. It really does. I mean, special parts of me. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Everybody needs that imagery. Anyway, subscribe to the PayPal button uh, and help support the show. We'd greatly, uh, greatly appreciate that. Uh, on today's show, we uh, have a little bit of follow-up here from our friend Richard in Chattanooga, uh, which is uh, interesting. We'll talk about that follow-up and listen to his uh, a piece of his interesting call from the other night uh, that uh, had several folks uh, on YouTube commenting that they felt sick to their stomach upon hearing what we heard okay. uh, on that call. Um, and Richard weighed in as well on YouTube about what that was. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. Okay. It's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, some other feedback uh, on the subject of smudging with sage. Uh, this is a letter that was written to us on YouTube. It does have a physical effect. It's to do with positive and negative ions in the air, from what I can remember anyway. When lightning strikes, the ions in the air are changed from positive to negative. Positive is the charge atmosphere. So they, so that feeling you get uh, before a storm, that buildup, the air pressure too, and after the storm feels clearer, calmer. Sage does a similar thing. Negative energies build up positive ions, so transmuting them to negative is a good thing. Clearing rooms after arguments, lifting a depressed atmosphere, etc. I'm not explaining this very well, sorry. The preacher saying these things are uh, just a crutch and is lacking understanding. The intent being any action is where the true power lies, but there's nothing wrong with having a physical representation to guide energy. Otherwise, why does he use crosses and holy water or whatever trappings uh, of uh, faith uh, faith dictates? Uh, as for empaths having to smudge often, I can totally agree on that. Uh-huh. Okay. I agree. So that's interesting. Um, my question is, could you use uh, Sage Glade? Or does it have to be? There is Real no sage. such thing as Sage Glade. Well, what if there was? Okay, what if there was? What if there was a air freshener that emitted Sage scent? Just the scent. I mean, and maybe it's made with Sage. Maybe there's, you know, some of the actual essence oils in there and in fact just for argument's sake let's say there is let's say it's made with the essence of sage which you could do i mean you can essentially you you use one of those air things that uh, people use just to uh vaporize pot and inhale it with okay um but you could do that with sage you would it, it just it gets the the oil essence out okay okay so you use a vaporizer to do that and eventually you know you get essence oil which you can buy in a store. You could probably buy essence oil sage in a store too. Um, just like, you know, you get mint or something or mm -hmm. spearmint um, for the shower. Um, that's what I'm saying would be in the aerosol cap, something of that nature. Could that have the same effect as burning sage to cleanse a room? I don't know, but I would say probably not. Why? Because I think just going around and like spraying it for one you have to put something in there to get it to spray you have to either pressurize it sure. i mean and that i think would affect it i think you need it in its purest form okay diffused in its most purest form which would be by burning it so my idea for demon away the aerosol can is not 
going to work. I guarantee if you made that, people would buy it. But those of us who are the wiser aren't going to. We're just going to go get sage and burn it. But wait, if you call in the next 10 minutes, we'll give you a second bottle of Demon Away absolutely free. You know what? With all that we've learned here in the past couple of months, we've never burnt sage in the house. I think we should try it as an experiment for the show and see how We don't it have feels. anything infesting our house. No, though. but I have the... You know, the empath tendencies, I think it would be a positive thing. You don't have to have something going on in your house for, to feel the benefits of doing that. No, you're right. But you know what I think would be even better than, than burning sage? What? In the house. I think the best thing that we could do is possibly get new Demon Away in a jar. If you call right now, you'll not only get one bottle of Demon Away, we'll give you a second one absolutely free. Just ask Richard in Chattanooga what he thinks of Demon Away. That's awful. <laughs> I love Demon Away. Stop it. <laughs> Demon Away. The answer to all your demonic spirits. Nope. Call now. Demon Away. All right. Demon all right. Away. Demon Away. Demon Away. <laughs> I think we should try it to see if, if it, I don't think you'd pick up on it, but I think I would feel a difference. But what, does it have... Okay, for it's like it's positive effects. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? I guess. Yeah. You. Okay. I mean, I I understand what you're saying. I think we level. should try it. Okay, let's burn some sage. Okay, let's do that. But I mean, on, on a serious note, I was there was a serious question I was actually posing about. I mean, not demon away, but you know, if it were to be sold and that sort of a thing. And, and with all the sense of air fresheners out there, I would think there'd be like a Glade plug-in or something that you know is herbal or something of that nature that has the sage scent to it. What it does it have the same effect? I'm I'm, I'm asking it to the community. If, if someone out there would know the answer to that, does it have to be actual burn sage or could you have an aerosol sage, essentially? Well, what about, and I'm asking because I honestly don't know, I doubt that this would work, but what if you took the essential oil of sage and you put it in water in a spray bottle? What about that? I'm asking because I honestly don't know. Instead I, I, of an I suppose it would kind of, you know, yeah, I mean, if you don't like burning things. Well, I don't mind burning things. You well, I'm just that. asking. I mean, some people who don't like burning things. I don't know. I know. Just a thought. The pyro in me likes to burn things. And I think it could be a great monthly subscription thing you could send out, too. Demon away. Uh, 855, because Ghost in a Jar is clearly already taken. That's been pointed out to us many times. <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Let's go to one of those. Hi. Hi, um, Jenny and Tony. Um, I just wanted to share, well, I have a lot of stories, but I should start just with saying that um, after hearing other people's (laughs) stories, uh, I just think people need to trust their gut, you know, and especially with um, what you were saying about Richard, you know, that's really disturbing. Um, I remember things that have happened to my family, and I'm... I'm a mom of four boys, and we, we live in the Pacific Northwest, and we lived in an old historic mining town, and where we lived, um, where we owned our home, there was a mine underneath that had been filled, and it was, there had been a mine cave-in um, where, you know, miners were killed, and I remember my children had some really, they were really affected by things, and we had our home blessed. And blessing is good, but it's also, you got to trust your gut and you have to get out <laughs> into the open air, breathe fresh air. If your home is what is the problem, you need to get out of there. 
I just believe that's really important. Um, but anyways, I have <laughs> I have a lot of um, stories that have happened to myself and my family, um, but also lived. It was Black Diamond, Washington, and it was a, it's a historic mining community. And I, when we were in our home there, um, I would wake up in the middle of the night with this clanging. I'd hear clanging, and it'd be about 4 a.m. And I'd go out on the porch, and our home overlooked. Um, there was like a school that was new, though. It wasn't old. It wasn't historic. But there was always, like, because the Northwest is pretty damp, there's always fog. I would hear it sound like kids, too. And there was always, like, a fog, you know, kind of overlapping the playground. But we, we would have a feeling it was very, it was just a very lazy, old, you know, community. And later on, we moved to Eden Club. Washington, which I will send you a link to too, but in Salish, native, you know, to this area, it means home of evil spirits because there's this low-lying fog around the town of Edenclaw, and there's where we had a lot of really strange paranormal stuff happen, especially to my two younger boys, um, and I have four boys, and we saw everything. I mean, just, I, I'll go into that later. I just wanted to call in and say, you know, I appreciate your show. I appreciate the thought you give to the callers that call in about what they're experiencing. And um, I will call in later about some of the other stories. <laughs> I have to ask permission of my other, my kids first, though. But I was just really intrigued with hearing your podcast. So thank you so much. And keep doing what you're doing. Bye. Rule number one, never ask your children for permission. Just do whatever you want. You're the parent. <laughs> Just do whatever you want. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I respect that she's going to ask do. them. You know? I do. I wouldn't ask permission of my children. We know that. <laughs> Like, hey, guess what story I just told on the air today? I know we have I'm to keep kidding. a secret what we what we disclose about our kids. I'm kidding. Um, God, what kind of a name for it? <laughs> the town's meaning the, the meaning of the town's name is home of evil spirits. Yeah, that's not some place. Jesus. Yeah, I I don't think I'd want to go there. I don't. <laughs> It's like something out of a horror movie. Yeah. That really is. I know. Wow. My my hometown's name was Fond du Lac, mm-hmm. and that just means foot of the lake. You know, and there's a in Wisconsin, like half of the, more than half, I'd say like 80 to 90% of the uh, town's names are, are Indian based. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, it's very difficult, as you know, to pronounce them when you just look at them because you don't know what the hell they are. Um, but all of us from up there know them. But it, trust me, it takes a while. I mean, I wasn't, it took me to be like in working in radio, honestly, to know, know to understand the names of half of the places around me. It's because I had to do severe weather coverage and sure. I had to like accurately say the names of some of these places before then it was still a mystery to me. Some of them, but um, I can't say that any of them meant like home of evil spirits. Well, there's the lake. Remember the last trip we went up the lake that we drove by on the way up to Appleton. That's right there by Oshkosh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. What, what was that one? Butamort. Which, which, which of that means? Well, what? in French that means mound of the dead. Oh Yeah. 
And so I guess there are some. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, my four years of French paid off in that. The, the Butamore Bridge is uh-huh. the bridge that we go over. Yeah. And it's, uh, so that'd be the bridge uh, of the... Uh, bridge of the Mound of the, the Dead. dead. <laughs> bridge of the Mound <laughs> so I That want, bridge always freaked me out as a kid. <laughs> I, of course, want to know the story behind that. It's just an Indian. Uh, I mean, because there's so many burial grounds around there. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of... Um, uh, burials um, where they're burial mounds, like okay. in the shape of animals, in that area. So that's probably all that is. It just means burial mounds are in that area, Butte Moor, and that's so. There you go. I can't believe you never knew that's what that meant. No, I had no idea. Okay. No, I, I, I really had no idea. But uh, I'm sure I'm get, maybe there's some folks in Wisconsin who listen to the show who can have to <laughs> chime in with some creepy town names, or just how about across the country. Um, uh, the, the meaning of some town names. I would love to hear what some of them are and how does. Can anyone beat that? The the home of evil spirits. That's yeah. God. That's pretty pretty bad. Wow. Um, I would love to hear more of your stories though. So please do call in uh, with more of them or uh, or write and we'd absolutely whether your love boys it. give permission or not. Yeah, just don't tell your kids. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. And I'll say this again: uh, calling in is kind of like the fast pass to get on the air. When you write in, we will eventually get to your story, but we have such a long list of stories that have been written into us. It'll probably be around Christmas time, and I'm not even lying uh, for stories that are written in uh, right now. And that's with us doing a show every day. That's with us doing a show daily. Um, So we have a lot of material and we absolutely love that. Um, So if there's no rush on your story, feel free to write in. That's fine. Or if you want to have it on the air a little bit sooner, have it discussed a little bit sooner, uh, do call into the show. That is, like I said, it's the Fast Pass, 855-853-4802. It's a toll-free call uh, anywhere in the United States, 855-853-4802. And if you're outside of the U.S., I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know if that number <laughs> works. I don't know. Uh, I suppose if you could, you could probably Skype the call. Uh, I don't know. If anyone's called in from overseas, uh, I'd love to know. Uh, if I don't that, think we have. If that would work that way. Yeah. I don't know. I think we might have had some. Okay. I really, I don't know if it works outside of the U.S. or not. But uh, I, I think there is a way. It is our number. So there's. There's probably a way of doing it internationally with like an international, uh, uh, whatever the code you have to put in. So I would assume it would work. Um, so there you go. 855-853-4802 is the number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, another uh, letter that wrote in, uh, this is an interesting one. Real Ghost Stories are actually not what you think. These supposed ghosts that people claim to see and hear are actually demons you can talk to the you cannot talk to a dead relative or friend from beyond the grave ask yourself this question why is there never anything of significance that comes from these entities if they really were who they say they are it would be of grave importance to either warn you of how to not end up in limbo like these entities seem to be stuck in or have some kind of important and life-altering message to give you i also have noticed that not many of these folks uh, who have these experience know about Jesus. Strange. Um, no, what I think is more strange about that is that you haven't listened to the show. <laughs> that's that's what I'm... You've listened to, what, maybe half an episode or something like that? Uh, if you've listened to our show, uh, you know, for more than, than 10 minutes, uh, you will be well aware that there are plenty of ghosts that uh, have... Uh, 
made themselves known to people who were not demonic, who did have messages of significant importance, and then they moved on and never bugged their people they were giving messages to again. And I'd say probably roughly about 80% of the calls and the emails that we get in at some point uh, have noted that they were uh, of a Christian belief. So that would put them into the Jesus camp. So, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, you know, what I don't like about that is just how judgmental that tone was from that person. Yeah. And it all goes back to being Jesus. So, and I have no problem. If that's your belief system, I believe that system too. But I also don't believe if you want to get people there, you don't go and jam up somebody's, you know, comment board and be all judgmental and then expect people to go, oh, you're so right. That's the way I should go. That's the exact, you can have the polar opposite effect. Well, here's the thing that gets me the most about that is the assumption that because this person believes that the people that are having problems haven't found Jesus. That's just utterly ridiculous because so many of our people that have emailed us are outright talking about that. Yeah. So, I mean, mean, it's just someone who's completely misinformed and it's probably someone who listened to five minutes of the show and thought, oh, I better spout off because that's, you know, they're just a sad individual. So um, that's right. You're a sad individual. If you'd like to continue commenting, feel free, but uh, just, uh, just, you know, listen to the show a little bit before you start judging it. So just some thoughts. Yeah. Am I being too harsh? No, because either you were going to do it or I was going to do it. And yeah. I think it's better that you do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, there's no, there's no room for it. So, okay. Um, in fact, better yet, they're probably just going to be negative the whole time. So really just stop listening. We don't need you. Um, you're a troll. <laughs> Go away. Oh, you know, if you did that in commercial radio, there'd be meetings. Yeah. If I was on, I'd be like, um, Tony, we need to talk. Um, you were kind of mean to that one person, and I think we should have a conversation about this. I have to apologize, write letters, probably take them out for donuts or something, so and make it all better. Buy him a Wii. 855-853-4802. I'm not, I am serious. I know. <laughs> I worked at a radio station once. Here we go, people. Hang okay. on. I worked at a radio station once where I was doing a bit, okay, clearly satirical bit, okay, about, uh, it was when the Wii's, the Nintendo Wii's were, just came out and everybody wanted one, you couldn't find one, and um, this is, I was not doing a ghost show, but at the time there was a ton of scams out there, it was right at Christmas, and there was all these scams of how to get a Wii. Okay, because you couldn't get your hands on them. And a lot of people were being had. Like good, honest people didn't know any better. A lot of internet scams going on. Um, Anyway, left and right scams. So I did a satirical bit about a scam. It was a fake restaurant owner with a fake restaurant in a fake area. We, I, I was doing the show from Kansas. He was a, supposedly his restaurant was on a lake. There's no lakes here. Um, and the, the two reservoirs we have have no restaurants. There's no restaurants on lakes. Um, I mean, it couldn't have been any more fake. Um, and and the, the, it was a reoccurring fake character. Anyway, he, the, the character kept upping the ante on how to get the Wii on the show. It was first you had to do this and you had to do that. And if you do this and by the time you were said and done, you'd have spent like $10,000 at his restaurant. But hey, you get the free Wii. Um, and it was me calling him out on it the whole time. Never once did we ever on the air say, you can get a free Wii if you go to this restaurant. 
It was never, ever presented like that. Well, one person, kind of like the last uh, person who wrote into our show, who probably heard five minutes of it, made all their assumptions, told their kids that they were going to go to this restaurant and get this free Wii that didn't exist, okay? And then I think they caught on that it was a bit, and they felt pretty stupid as parents for them promising their children that they're going to go get this Wii that didn't exist from this restaurant, and then they threatened to sue the radio station, because we were saying that we were giving away free Wii's according to them. So what did we do? We bought them a Wii. Instead of just simply stating or playing the audio back, which we had, saying, uh, we never said anything of the sort, you're completely full of shit, uh, and you're probably a horrible parent for uh, acting this way towards your child. <laughs> but no, we bought them a Wii. <laughs> Adventures in pleasing the public. You done? Yeah. Okay. I think so. All righty. <laughs> what? Nothing. I just want to hear some ghost stories. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost story. And we do have that follow-up here uh, from Richard here in just a few minutes. Uh, another uh, follow-up. Love the show. Uh, Ari, the negative house with the two suicides. Is that the house by my parents? Is that what we're... Or is this a, one of them that we... I don't know. We've, we've had a couple. We've had a couple. Yeah. Uh, I second that it's demonically influenced activity to be miserable, hateful people have attachments like the former residents. Uh, it may be a 30-year suicide cycle, demons and their rituals, question mark. Speaking of real estate and the creeps, I was checking out a house for sale in rural New Hampshire. I took a picture through the front door in uh, the reflection is a giant reptile eye peering out. The trees in the back uh, of me with the shapes inside the house created the image. Uh, I took it as a sign and did not inquire further. I'd be happy to send you the pic if you're interested. Yes, we'd love to see the picture. That would be great. And I think she, uh, I'm assuming, is it a she or a he? Uh, the name is 23 Riddles, so okay. I don't know. Well, either way, uh, I think they're referencing the house next to your parents. Yeah, I think so, too. But, yes, yeah, send that uh, that picture in the uh, email, Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. We can even put it up in our little uh, our gallery section, which is pretty cool. There's a lot of uh, interesting photos that have been submitted. That's up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Should we go to another call? Sure. Let's do another call here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hello. Hi, I'm Jim from Walnut Creek. Um, I was talking about pets not long ago. And uh, it reminded me of a uh, of a ghost story I have involving a cat. Well, when I was a kid, I actually did have a ghost cat that would wander about, sleep with us on our beds, things like that. But more recently, a few years ago, I had a very old cat. She was like 20, 21 years old, and she passed away while I was out. So I got home, and I found her on the, uh, on the tile of the refrigerator. And uh, I picked her up, and as I picked her up, I noticed that she had actually left a pattern in a tile beneath her. It was, like, infused with her image. I I wish I would have taken a picture of it. For some reason, that didn't occur to me. But the, uh, the most interesting part of that is later that night when I was feeling bad, uh, suddenly this wave of euphoria passed through me. And it stopped, and I just, I stood there for a minute and thought, yeah, my gosh, what was that? Am I having some kind of attack or something? What 
and then it happened again moments later. And then a third time, just in succession, and just this this amazing feeling of euphoria that I can't even put into words as something passed through me, which I, I believe was my cat. We were very close. Uh, I still miss her. And uh, think of it what you will, I suppose, but but I've, I've always been of a mind that that was my cat saying goodbye. It's never happened before or since to me. And I, I'd be interesting if anybody else has had any of that kind of, you know, thing happen to them as far as pets go. You know, and as far as uh, the haunted KFC, I suppose that if I were someone who was like, you know, tortured and killed and being fed to the masses, I wouldn't want to haunt a place like that either. I would probably go to the other side of the uh, other side of the road. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, because he has a sense of humor, and we go meow 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 meow. No. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. me. No, um. <laughs> I couldn't imagine no. having a pet for... Well, I, I guess I can. We had my childhood dog. She lived to be 17, which is really a long time for a dog. But I can't yeah. imagine having a cat like 21, 22 that's, years. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, and cat, I, I love cats. I do, too. Um, I, they have such personalities. Um, what's, what's most disturbing to me, I think, about anything in the paranormal realm, including animals... Um, is the fact that in so many cases they can like actually influence your emotions like mentally, you know, like telepathically, it seems where I mean, that to me is really the most disturbing. It's one thing to like see something out there separate from you and you can choose how you're going to react or how you're going to feel about it. It's something entirely different where it feels like it's taking over you where he's getting a feeling of euphoria uh, or, you know, there's the other cases too, where it's very dark. That is, that's what really spooks me. Yeah. I think it's good though, that in those cases, most people are able to recognize that yeah. that that's particular what emotion yeah. is out of place sure, and that it is, you know, happening at an odd time. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that probably was his cat somehow trying to say, cheer up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Cheer <laughs> up, or I'm going to make you cheer up, I guess. <laughs> and also, you look up in the litter box, and there's like these holes that are like digging themselves. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Haunted litter box. I want to, I mean, seriously, I mean, that would be, that would be an interesting thing. If, because with all the pet, ghost pet stories that you hear, ghost cats, that would be. You know, with the year of objects being manipulated, this you know it sounds like I'm being a smartass here, but actually I'm not. I'm. I would think honestly, like kitty litter, kitty litter would be a somewhat manipulable item for a ghost cat to manipulate, especially at some place that it spent a lot of time at. And it's an object that they have been able to move easily. That if they're going to try and make a sign or show something, that they could move the litter. I, I'm, I'm not being a smartass. I'm just being serious on that. Yeah, if, if they could, if they had the power to move things. Yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know. I mean, because, you know, when you have ghost entities or people, sometimes you have stories of things being moved. I wonder if ghost pets are moving things ever and if it would be things like that. Uh, other things uh, a lot of animals take are like socks and underwear and things of that nature. Their owner's clothing and shoes and move that stuff around. I wonder if that ever happens with ghost pet stories. I can't, I don't recall anywhere. Uh, Items like that were being manipulated or moved around, but I, I mean, I'm just curious if they're 
are any out there like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in with your real ghost stories. Uh, let's talk about this. Uh, Richard in Chattanooga wrote back into us, uh, and he wrote back into us through uh, YouTube. I think it's how he listens to the show is through YouTube. And uh, some folks were commenting on there, giving some feedback and giving some ideas. And our episode the other night where he called in, there was uh, a really weird sound on the phone um, at one point. And, uh, and we'll play that back uh, in, in just a little bit. Let me go to his letter first. It says, hi, guys. Uh, Richard from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tony and Jenny uh, asked me uh, to comment on that creepy-ass noise we all heard on the show. They were wondering if it was a screeching door. The answer has to be no. It couldn't have been, due to I was lying on my couch the entire time I was telling you all the story. And no one was home, like always. It's strange, because right when I get off uh, the phone, I uh, fell to my knees with this god-awful stomachache, as well as an awful headache. And like always, Jenny was right. That beeping noise was my electric smoke detectors letting you know the batteries are going dead and need being changed. Actually, they say that, uh, as well as uh, my kids' toys, clocks, flashlights, etc., go quite go dead quite frequently as well. Uh, and uh, light bulbs go out as well. Uh, I promise you, uh, you don't want to be sitting uh, in here for long periods of time in this effed-up house. Uh... Thanks uh, to all who have been uh, thinking of me and having my family in your mind, and uh, thank you. God bless. Richard. That doesn't make me feel good. I remember we were both sitting here listening to that, and I looked over at you like, what was that? Yeah. It and was, being yeah. in Kansas, we hear that kind of noise all the time when we open the door because it's always windy here, mm-hmm. but, you know, I that's why we, we're kind of like, we need to find out. So here is uh, that portion of his call from the other night. I'm just going to play the, the little part back with the unexplained but clear noise. And uh, he actually just ended up coming. What's interesting is that it hit it with the same time of the beep on the smoke detector. Mm-hmm. It was a ooh and then beep. Yeah. You know? And uh, he actually just ended up coming. Where it's. It's like it it's, was moving through, make the noise, suck battery out of the smoke detector, and you get both at the same time. That's really kind of incredible. It is. It is. And it's very disturbing, too. Yeah. And uh, he actually just ended up coming. So. So can we say we got one? It's not really an EVP. I, I don't think it's a voice. I thought I think, it was I think, a scream. It sounds to me like a scream. Yeah, other people were saying that too. I just hear wind. I mean, it sounds like a breeze to me. I don't. I don't know. And uh, he actually just ended up coming. I suppose it could be construed as that. I, to me, I, I still get that breeze sound in my head. You know, when you open up like a patio door on a windy day. Yeah, but either way, it should not be happening. It shouldn't when you're be there. Lying on the couch, no. talking to us no. on the phone. It should just should. It's completely out of place. So I will say we got something. Okay. I don't know if it's an EVP, but we certainly picked up paranormal activity. Yes. 
Would that be? I, I don't know. I mean, let, let's ask our, our experts out there who listen to the show. Would that be considered an EVP, or would that be called something else? I don't know what it would be called. Honestly, I, don't, I mean, if it's an EVP, it's an EVP. But I, I'm kind of under the feeling it's more of like the sound of an energy moving through than it is a, a voice. You know, okay. You know what I'm saying? I do. I just, I, to me, I thought that because it was not audible to Richard at the time of the phone call mm-hmm. and it had to be played back to be heard, yeah. that that would qualify it. Sure. Maybe it does. I don't know. I want to know from like some folks who capture these sort of things if they would call that an EVP. What's the definition of an EVP for Elec- sure? Electronic voice phenomenon. Well, I knew yeah. that, but I mean, what what are the parameters of what qualifies? That's what I want to know. I think it'd be an audible voice that's uh, picked up on an electronic recording device um, that was not there uh, or audible at the time of its recording. So the question, and we may never know the answer, was that a voice or was that the energy? Yeah, my question is, is it a voice? Okay. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's certainly something. So, we got something. Well, I just think it further validates his his case. Yeah, that's uh, very, 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 very bizarre. Uh, Richard, keep us uh, abreast of what's going on uh, with you, and I hope you're able to reach out to uh, to someone to help you get some some advice as to what uh, you know what to do in uh, in this situation. You know, it's interesting about our show. And I think that's kind of unprecedented for um, <laughs> hauntings in general um, is the fact that on, on ghost shows of the past, a lot of times the cases are discussed retrospectively. Okay. They're discussed after it's said and done. Uh, I mean, maybe there's some things kind of still going on, but there's never really been a ghost show like this where it's kind of like a soap opera almost with some of this. I mean, where we are actively hearing about cases going on right now with people. Okay. It's not, we're not just talking to someone who's writing a book about the cases. It's like reality radio. It is. It's a reality ghost show. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of, except it's not produced. No, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, what's interesting is like a case like this. I mean, can you imagine like if, if the folks from uh, Amityville were calling into a radio show, you know, or, or one of the many other weird, horrible hauntings over the years, you know, the conjuring, you know, the, the parent family, if they were calling in and giving you updates and what was going on, it would be like this. It would be. It'd be just like this. I mean, the thing is, some of these cases, you know, could very well end up being 10, 20 years down the road or sooner, you know. The books that we're reading about, but the, the kind of cool thing is we're hearing about them as they happen, you know, right here on this show. And it's it's interesting that we're able to give immediate feedback and our, our listeners are able to give immediate feedback, you know, as it as it progresses. I just think it's kind of it's a weird thing to think about. It is. And I'm just thankful that, you know, we're here. So they have an outlet to talk about it because I'm sure that. Like in Richard's case, I'm sure going and finding a therapist to talk about this, too, is not something he's willing to do right now. Yeah, I mean, other than just on Halloween, talking about it to, uh, you know, the morning zoo. So you got some ghosts in your house, Richard, do you? Yeah, exactly. That sounds pretty wacky. Hey, we're going to set our stunt boy up there. And, you know, (laughs) because that's what you'd get. 
Um, this is really interesting. Um, so I, I hope we can help some of these folks out and I hope that our community can reach out um, and, and help out. And, and that's why I like the idea of the forum that's up on the website now. Um, so folks can post anonymously, can give out advice anonymously, uh, you know, and, and, you know, share their knowledge on the topic. So in fact, we should probably just, you know, create a topic called Richard and Chattanooga up there and folks can, can just weigh in. In fact, I think I'll do that during uh, one of our next calls. So, uh, so it is up there for, uh, for folks to weigh in and give some advice. Let's go to another one of those calls. 855-853-4802 is a phone number again. Uh, 855-853-4802. Hey, Tony, uh, Jenny, how you guys doing? Um, this is, uh, Lamar from Ventura, California. And, uh, first of all, I want to give you guys, uh, some props on your show. It's, uh, it's a great show. I enjoy it very much. Uh, it gets me through my work day every day. And I got like a whole backlog of your, uh, episodes on iTunes there. So I'm, I think I'll be entertained for quite a while. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> my story. Uh, well, born, I was born and raised out here in the uh, Ventura County area. And so anyway, back in, uh, back in, I want to say late 2004, um, my girlfriend at the time and I, uh, we had made friends with and got involved with this group of paranormal investigators out here in Ventura County. And one of the places that they liked to go check out, uh, was the Olivas Adobe. It's in Ventura, California. Old, we have some different style adobes out here in the uh, Ventura County and Santa Barbara County areas. Anyway, uh, the the claims of paranormal activity there had been just uh, you know noises and uh, movement of the uh, the little toys and furniture that used to be in the room where the the children of the family used to live. Uh, different apparitions. I I never. I, well, I guess different apparitions out there on the grounds or what have you. It's, it's a pretty big place by a big golf course you guys can look it up and, and check out the pictures of it anyway so one night we went there it was about five of us five or six of us in a group and uh it was after 10 o'clock at night we went out there kind of just on a whim like let's go see if we see anything you know why not and so uh we had our little uh recorders to try and pick up some evps we had our flashlights cameras and so we get out there we're walking around now. At, at, after at, after they close up, you can't just go into the house and all that stuff. Uh, you can do that during the day when they have the docents there to give you a little tour. But at night, everything's pretty, you know, everything's locked up, pretty much gated up. Uh, so we kind of walk around the perimeter of the big Adobe house, and we're looking around. We don't see anything in the garden area. We don't see anything in the side where the little uh, the well is with the bell and all that. We don't see anything there. Um, so we're kind of walking around, talking amongst ourselves, kind of, you know, chuckling. One of the guys in the group says, hey, uh, does it look like someone's standing on the balcony? So we all kind of like, you know, kind of gets quiet. And we're like, wow, no. So, you know, we don't have our flashlights up just yet. Uh, I look up and I say, it does kind of look like there's a silhouette of somebody. So mustering up the courage. Now, I'm not trying to sound like this invis- invincible Superman or anything, but I, you know, hey. We had about three or four girls there with us, one of them being my girlfriend at the time. I don't want to look like a punk, so, you know. Anyway, I, <laughs> I uh, lift the flat, my flashlight up, and we shine it right on the balcony. And there is the this Victorian-era-looking dressed lady with black hair up in a bun. Her face, And our skin looks pale, like greenish pale. 
and she's just standing there. No, no sounds, no movement, just staring right at us. And I can see her face and everything. This is the first time in my life I have ever seen a ghost. I have ever seen an apparition, and especially one that looked like it was solid. We all freak out. We take off running, and we get back, we get back to the cars. We kind of collect ourselves, and we say, no, look, we may never see this again. Let's go back and look. So we bravely all huddle together, kind of go back over there. Uh, we put our flashlights up again. She's still there. We move ourselves around the perimeter of the house by where, the, where we can still view the balcony. She's still there looking at us. Where we go, she turns. Doesn't matter which side we're at, she's turning, she'll still turn her body or her head to look at us. So we all get the hell out of there. We're freaked out, right? My girlfriend at the time and I go back a couple days later and we ask the, the docents there during the day, we ask them, do you guys have any mannequins or anything that you guys leave out on the balconies at night? They said, no. We have a couple mannequins, but they don't have any heads. They're just, they're just uh, displaying the, the clothing from that time. Well, we saw had a head, and she had her hands clasped in front of her, and she was wearing a black dress, and we looked it up online, and that is what you're rumored to see there. People have uh, said they've seen the woman in black. So that's what we saw. That was my first time seeing a ghost. Uh, I still live in Ventura, uh, Ventura County, and I pass by there every now and then, I haven't been back there to see anything. I haven't seen anything since. I don't really do any more paranormal investigating. Uh, kind of don't want to bring that around my family now. But uh, I have other stories. I'll call in some other time or write in tell you guys about. Uh, but, yeah, that was my first time seeing a ghost. The Alivas Adobe in Ventura, California. Look it up. If you guys are ever in the Ventura County area, it's worth a visit. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you for letting me tell my story. Thank you for your call. And that was a great story. I really like that one. What did you think? It kind of reminds me of how you looked at the mannequin head. The That's uh, exactly what I was thinking. And now I'm like, was that a mannequin? Because <laughs> we went back and she was still there. It was a mannequin. I know. I was hoping it would be a ghost. I looked at it too. What, you're, what she's referring to is when we were in um, St. Elmo in, in Colorado, up in the mountains. There's It's a mining ghost town. And we looked up at the, uh, or you caught it when you were we were driving. You looked up there at the top of an abandoned hotel and saw a face peering out the window. You slam on the brakes. <laughs> and suddenly we're going in reverse. Yeah. And I'm like, What's, what are you doing? And then I, I see you're like looking up at the top of a building. I'm like, oh, she thinks she saw a ghost in the window. And uh, I'm, my stomach kind of like drops thinking, Maybe she did see a ghost in the window. I just, it wasn't even on my mind. I mean, honestly, at that second, I was just like, oh, okay, you know, we just saw a bunch of chipmunks, and I was kind of in a, a happy, I know. non-ghost-thinking mood, and uh, I knew exactly what you were doing, and then um, I look up there, and uh, then I see the face, too, and it took me a second, because my first reaction, I believe, was, what the? Yeah. And then, oh, it's a mannequin. My stomach dropped when I first saw it. But the thing is, I, I'm i a nerd. I, I'm a self-proclaimed nerd. So anytime I go to a historical anything, I do my homework before. Sure, yeah. And, of course, being the ghost nerd that I am, I, I did my paranormal research. And that particular building is known for having a woman haunted. Okay. So that's why I didn't even... Well, my question Think that it might not be haunted. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, my question about it is, um, 
What have people seen? A woman For, looking out the window. Is that what it is? Okay. She's kind of the the guardian. Um, okay. Because you can't go in the building. That's the thing. So no. for being a haunted building and people not going in the building, I mean, it would have to be something of the sort. Yeah. They see her looking out. They think she is kind of the guardian of the town. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe it's a, her name's Anna Stark and her husband and her moved there with their kids and ran the hotel. Not the nicest lady. Kind of strict very strict to her kids Mm -hmm. but um they believe that there's a story that there was some people that were doing some things you know like riding really loud motorcycles and stuff up there and they weren't supposed to be doing that and she was kind of looking out the window like get out of here you know And, and so that's part of the reason i was looking of course that was on the forefront of my mind the whole time we were there is looking for something yeah but when i saw that my stomach dropped and i thought i can either go on or i will always wonder (laughs) what was that and so it took every bit of courage i had for us to go back and look and the locals probably just they put that up there because they're so sick of everybody going hey you know is there damn then you know just to screw with people yeah so that's uh Anyway, it's a cool town. It was really, it was it was neat to see. That was a great story. So, if you have a real ghost story, please call in 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. We would absolutely love to hear your real ghost story here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hi, Tony. Um, perhaps this voice sounds familiar to you. Yes, you're right. It's Mom. Uh, I do have something after listening to yesterday's ghost story. Um, The person that had called in about the Alzheimer's care unit where all of these things were happening um, jiggled or juggled something in my memory. And here's uh, a story that I had heard after your grandma passed away. And it had to do with the place she had been at. Uh, She had been in an Alzheimer's care unit for about two years. She hated every minute of it, and she was angry all the time. The nursing staff said that she would get up in the night and kind of come out and look around and then go back and slam her door. And it was almost like the same time every night. Well, after she passed... A nursing um, or a CNA ran into one of my sisters and she said, well, we think your mother's still with us because they've had this happen many times where the door slams at that same time on her room at night. And when they go down to check on it and nobody's actually in the room, but when they go to check on it, uh, nothing's there. Nobody's up and about. But something has slammed the door. And it, it's happened several times. I can't say how many because I didn't talk to her directly. But she just kind of thought that maybe uh, Grandma was still there. And I would be curious to know if it's still going on or if when another resident came into that room, uh, grandma decided she was going to a better place, but 
it was just a very unusual story, and I thought all the negative energy Grandma had at the end with Alzheimer's and how angry she was, I could see that happening. So there you go. Thanks. Bye. I would hope that's not her still there, you know? Yeah. You know, that would just not be a good place to continually be in. I mean, at the end, she was, you know, with the Alzheimer's, it was, she didn't know where she was. She didn't know know, who people were and such. So, I mean, I I understand the idea of the, um, you know, the negative energy. Um, And that, uh, could that be a residual type thing? I don't know. Here's my gut. Yeah. I don't know why I think this, but it's one of those things and that just, as I was listening, came to me. I don't think it's your grandmother. I think your grandmother's negative energy may have drawn something to her, but I don't think it was demonic. I think it may have been the ghost of somebody else who was doing that in the middle of the night, who still does that in the middle of the night. Like maybe it wasn't her to begin with? Right. And it's just continuing on? Right. But she yeah. she got, she got the I guess, blame. blamed for it. Sure. I don't know, but that's what my gut told me. Yeah, I mean, that kind of came to mind, too, as I was hearing that, you know. And that may be totally wrong. Sure. But I hate to think that it's your grandmother, but yeah, that's that's where my mind went first. Yeah, and I remember I had heard that story um, before. I, it's been a long time since I heard that story. Um, I, it kind of eluded me. Um, but it's an interesting thought that it was something. It'd be interesting to hear from like the nursing staff pre my grandma being there and you know if there was those issues of the door slamming I would think I mean there's a lot of angry people in Alzheimer's care units because you're so frustrated well especially at night a lot of them get what's called sundowners is where it really their their Alzheimer's just goes off the charts as far as what they're feeling and and the confusion and the dementia at night and in the evening Mm mm-hmm very, uh, very interesting. Thanks for the call, Mom. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories. Hi, I was just listening to your show. Uh, this is Jim from uh, Walnut Creek, California. And uh, it reminded me uh, the the lady that was just talking about meeting this guy on a path uh, a few, I guess, probably a few months ago, maybe a bit longer. Uh, I generally commute on my bike, and it was night, and I had my light on, and I'm traveling along the path, and it's just me, and then suddenly there's uh, another bike cyclist just kind of right behind me. You know, I could see it peripherally. He had uh, he had his light on, and I could just kind of, out of the corner of my eye, you know, see, see you know, see his form, and you know, leg and sock and shoe and bike and so I got up to the uh, to the intersection where I stopped. You know, looked both ways, expecting this guy to be up on me at the very same second that I stopped. And I turned, and the guy was gone. No light, no bike, no nothing. There was no place for him to have turned off. It's just like he just winked out. And this actually happened to me a couple of times. Um, it's on the Iron Horse Trail in Walnut Creek, and uh, I struck between two cities. And uh, basically, like I said, I use that for a commute. So 
pretty familiar with the layout. And uh, I just thought that was uh, the the, uh, the previous caller that I was just listening on an earlier broadcast just reminded me of that. It's something I'd almost forgotten. So anyway, love your show. Uh, good luck to you both, and thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for your call. That was a very interesting story. I think that's kind of alarming when you're just going about your business and you just you can't even tell that it's a ghost and then they're just gone, you know? I mean, it's almost kind of like what we would have done if we would have kept driving. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's like if you have something like that, it's best just to pause, soak it all in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, let it be what it is. Either you're going to be traumatized for the rest of your life or you're going to be wondering for the rest of your life or you're going to go, oh, it's a mannequin. It's it's one of the three. Yeah. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two with your real ghost stories. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. Hi Jenny and Tony, I'm calling once again um, from South Carolina. I just want to, I guess, give you a few more details about my experience. I'm the one who talked about her husband um, going out with the guys and drinking and and coming home and anyway and he rolled over and made these god-awful noises when that event took place and he was laying flat on his back sleeping I mean sound asleep and I was praying next to him and intentionally praying that God would cleanse his mind body and spirit Um, when he rolled over he didn't just like roll over on his side. He like got up, rolled towards me and was looming over me, kind of um, facing me. And he, he was directing this noise at me. It wasn't just like him rolling over and making that noise. Um, he made that god awful noise and then laid right back as though nothing had happened. And it scared the living daylights out of me. But in my heart and soul, I felt that it was a negative entity attached to him. And I also didn't mention, um, I've had other things go on here at our home um, during that time. Everything from seeing a shadow person and being touched. um, And there was... After that incident when he was in bed and made that sound, um, I felt like whatever it was was still around and I had a sense that it was hiding in, um, we have an attic space upstairs that, you know, it's not one of those things even with a drop down ladder, it's just like a... Um, cut away in the ceiling and you push it aside and there's insulation and things up there but we don't put anything up there but I just had this eerie sense that something whatever it was was in that space and um, the uh, the one thing that happened attached specifically to that event um, or that space I, that's like a closet, a walk-in closet that the thing's located in, and my husband's clothes and everything are up there, and um, I was taking his 
ironed clothes and putting them away, which I do, do like constantly. It's just a normal routine. I go in there and I put the stuff away. And one night, or it wasn't even nighttime, it was in the middle of the afternoon. I was home alone and I carried these items into the room on the hangers. And the moment I walked in there, it was like, for no reason at all, I felt scared. And the hair on the back of my neck rose up, and I, and and when I stepped in at this point, that space was behind me. I had just passed under it, and it was behind my head, and I was like, "Oh my God, what what is wrong with it? what is causing me to feel this way?" And in the back of my mind, I thought, mm, it, "Is there anything to do with that space?" Because I mean, just. I had this innate feeling that that something was up there. And at the very moment I'm thinking all this, I hear this sound. And I'm like, what was that? And it's just like every ounce of me was like, get out of that room. And I turned around and I looked up and the, the board was moved ever so slightly ajar where I could see into a black you know, the black space behind it. And, oh, my God, I just got out of there. And that is what precipitated me to feel that I have got to sage this house. There is more going on here um, than just my gut feeling. And, you know, when he made that sound in the bed, it was, um, that was the icing on my cake that made me, go to the extent of ordering sage online and saging my house. I didn't tell my husband I was doing it because he is completely skeptical and um, doesn't believe in the paranormal or anything like that. And um, and I've got a number of stories, like my father's seen a, a good friend of his. Uh, I may as well tell you, um, my father was a police officer and he had a friend that was also a police officer who was dying and he had been in the hospital um, and my dad had gone to visit him and knew that he was deathly ill and my father was at home and in bed and he looked um, up and he saw his friend standing there at the foot of his bed and he said hi in his name I just came to say goodbye and I want to make sure that you'll look after his wife. He mentions his wife and his daughter's names and make sure that the police department takes care of them. And my father assured him that he would. And then I don't recall if he just disappeared into thin air or he walked out of the room. I mean, I've asked my father this story many times and uh, he recounts it, but my father's just like, you know, matter of fact that there's no question that what he saw was the ghost of his friend and he knew at the time when he was seeing him that it ha he had passed and the following day um, he had called his friend's family and either his wife or his daughter answered the phone and said oh I'm sorry um, to tell you this, but he passed away last night. And my father said, was it at 11 o'clock at night? And 
She said, yes. As a matter of fact, it was. Why? And he said, because he came and said goodbye to me at that time. So um, that just lends more credence to the, the fact that he did come and say goodbye. Um, but otherwise, um, I've always had a fascination with the paranormal and whatnot. But um, when it came to the alcohol in the story, my husband, um, he does not drink routinely. Um, he'll go out with his buddies. But when he does drink, he does drink to excess. I drink so um, in the end, I've always felt that alcohol is not worth the trouble in it. Um, just opens up you to negative things. And I know he had spoken with somebody um, when uh, he was in the military and she was saying how, oh, alcohol is like a gateway or it opens you up to negative things being able to attach themselves to you. So that's where I first had the impression um, or was given the idea and that was years before the incident that I experienced with him, that, yeah, alcohol can open you to things coming and taking advantage of you um, spiritually. And what we were going through at the time had been going on for a couple of years. And when I would have these situations where he'd go out and drink and he'd come home and he'd be talking to me, there was like a cold, dark stare in his eyes as though who I was talking to was not my husband, but somebody else. And the things he would say were so cold and mean and um, so unlike my husband. And I know alcohol can you know, affect people that way, but the, the gut feeling I had was like, I'm not talking to my husband. There's something else going on here. And and it just was confirmed that night when I specifically prayed that God cleanse him of any evil or negative influences. And that, <laughs> that moment I said that, he rolled over and loomed over to me and started that guttural snarling, growling. And I... Yeah. Anyway, but in the end, um, yeah, it wasn't just that situation. I had, you know, uh, there were a few experiences. Even my son had seen a woman walk through our upstairs bedroom, and he thought it was me because uh, he was playing a game on the TV up there. And then um, the woman had walked from his left to the right over to the computer and the next thing he knew I came in the door behind him to the left and he realized that the person that he just saw walk through the room couldn't possibly believe me and then he realized that I wasn't even wearing the same clothes that the woman had um, she had on a t-shirt with a big heart on it um, and we never I mean he's never seen anything related to that woman again, but and I have no idea who that could have possibly been, but at the time he just assumed it was me, and it wasn't. Um, but anyway, um, I just wanted to know that there were a number of other instances that 
led me to believe that there was something paranormal going on here beyond that time I prayed. And um, anyway, well, just thought I'd give you more details. Thanks for all that you do. I really enjoy your show and take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for calling in uh, and following up and giving us some more details on that specific story. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, I mean, it, it, it all kind of makes sense for as much as what we talk about makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Um, you know, where we're, we hear tales of, um, I shouldn't say tales because I don't mean that like, oh, these are made up because they're not, um, where you hear stories of, um, you know, dark things attaching themselves essentially to... Um, whether it be a depressed individual, uh, someone who is an alcoholic or, or is drinking excessively. Maybe I should say alcoholic or I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if he is or not, but um, or, or that sort of a um, someone who's in that state. Yeah, if you will, um, you know, or people who are going through real troubling experiences. That's where you hear of the, the those dark things kind of coming in and essentially finding a playground for lack of a better term. Well, and it sounds like, too, that she's no stranger to paranormal from what she's been telling yeah. us. And it, it also sounds like it may possibly run in her family. Yeah. Like, it's if it's already there, and if he got into those states, you know, because she says he doesn't drink very frequently, but when he is, you know, I guess, I mean, it's like, open the doors for the, <laughs> the yeah. dark things to come in and take over, because I think they can probably view that as, hey, look, this is an easy one to take over. I mean, this is my guess, but... I, I could see that being the case. I'm with her. I don't. I don't drink at all. I just. I. I'm have the same opinion. It's more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. So, yeah, I think if if you're prone to to that kind of stuff, it, it might not be a good idea. Just you yeah. never know what could attach. Yeah. Very interesting. Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. If you have a real ghost story that you'd like to share with us, and that is kind of the fast pass to get your ghost story on the air by calling it in uh, we can get it on usually within a couple days of course you're more than welcome to write it in as well on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com it's just be a little bit longer before we can get to it because we have quite a few of them uh, waiting to get on there so please do call in if you'd like it uh, to discuss it uh, in the relatively near future uh, 855-853-4802 is a number remember to subscribe press the subscribe button that helps us out quite a bit uh, also uh, if you give us uh, some love there on iTunes right now, if you give us a review, email me back the username that you used. Email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and I'll reply back to you with a link to the bonus episode of the show that we recently produced as a thank you uh, for helping us grow there on uh, on iTunes. So there you go. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.